0: Welcome, we are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Worshiping the Lord with you, Um, I tell you, you've got something very special here. The presence of God is always just so rich in this house, and and I love just to come and bask in that and enjoy that. And, uh, you know, when you're about to preach, sometimes you want to conserve your voice a little bit so you don't kind of let rip quite so much in praise as you would ordinarily. But when you're ripping off with songs like I Exalt, Thee," you just can't help yourself. You're just busting your voice, you know, so... I'm praying that I actually make it to the end of my sermon before my voice goes all croaky because I've pretty much ripped it up already. But uh, what a great day to be in church. (laughs) Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 28. Gonna read from verse one to seven. The Bible says, Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear When they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. I want to pause just there because I want us to get the picture. You know, sometimes we read about the resurrection of Jesus and just kind of, oh yeah, you know, angel turned up, rocked in there, and it was all kind of like woo woo and all that. But could you imagine? Jesus was crucified. It shocked the angels to begin with. And you had the angel in heaven who got the revelation that Jesus was about to rise from the dead. And he is standing there excited, he is enthusiastic, and he is waiting eagerly for God's command to roll away the stone. And as soon as God shouts out, roll away the stone, the angel shot like a bolt of lightning from heaven through the heavenly realm to the earth and hit the ground with so much force and blasted that stone, the whole ground shook. I mean, talk about the ultimate superhero landing. I don't know if you've ever seen a superhero landing, but when a superhero lands, everything shakes, things are thrown into the air, and those soldiers were shocked and petrified at what just took place in front of them. What an awesome scene. Amen. This was setting the scene for the resurrection of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in John 20, the stone had been removed from the entrance. And that phrase in that particular book gives us the impression that it had actually been thrown some distance from the grave. Could you imagine asking the Incredible Hulk to roll away the stone? You know what he would do, don't you? He would biff it against the nearest cliff face and just smash it to pieces. Did Jesus need an angel to roll away the stone? I don't think so. Jesus himself could have just gone, and that stone blasted to pieces right in front of him. Or he could have just walked straight through the stone. But they rolled away the stone. The angel rolled away the stone. Why did the angel roll away the stone? Because it was to show the disciples that he was no longer in there. It was to give them evidence of the great victory that Jesus had just accomplished over death and the grave. Amen? It goes on in that scripture. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said it would happen. Come and see where his body was lying. Now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this house today. Thank you for your anointing to preach your word. I thank you that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you have said to preach your word and you will confirm it with signs that accompany it. And I believe today that you will confirm your word, that your resurrection power will touch our lives and you will be glorified in our midst today. And everybody said, amen, amen. You know, from the very first moment that, The first man, Adam, sinned. God was moved. Man was separated from God, so God set in motion a salvation plan, a redemption plan that would bring man back into relationship with Him. And on Friday, as we gathered, we remembered that incredible price that Jesus paid, the ransom for our sin, when He died that horrific death upon the cross. But today, we celebrate the resurrection. Amen. Today, it is so awesome that the complete work has been done. But as complete as the work of the cross was, without the resurrection, it would be meaningless. The Bible says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, If Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is also in vain we also remain dead in our sins and are without hope. I am so glad that I am not preaching in vain today. I am so glad that you're not here with a vain faith or a vain hope. But I'm preaching with absolute assurance. Because Jesus did rise from the dead. Amen. Jesus was not just witnessed alive by His disciples after His resurrection, but He was seen by up to 500 people in Jerusalem during those period of 40 days after His resurrection. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is literally one of the most reliable, documented, historical facts. There is... Over 2.4 billion people around the world who stake their eternal destiny upon that. Or at least call themselves Christians because they believe Jesus died and Jesus rose again from the grave. Hallelujah. Stories told of Harry who was holidaying in Jerusalem with his family and his mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law took ill and just died suddenly, unexpectedly while they were there in Jerusalem. So he had to make all of the arrangements for her funeral. And he was on the phone talking to the funeral director. And the funeral director basically said, well, you have two choices. You can either bury your mum here in Jerusalem. It will cost about $150 or you can ship your mum back to America to be buried at home. That would cost you about $15,000. So Harry thought about it for a while, and and then he said, I would like her shipped back to America, please. And the funeral director thought, wow, you must love your mother-in-law so much if you're willing to pay $15,000 to have her shipped back to America. And Harry said, well, that's not the actual reason. The reason is I have heard of someone who died in Jerusalem and three days later rose again from the dead and I cannot take that risk. (laughs) Listen, I'm sure many of you have got wonderful mother-in-laws and that's fantastic, but Jesus himself did not only rise from the dead, but during his ministry, he was in the business of resurrection. We hear a number of stories of Jesus rising others from the dead. There was the 12 year old daughter of Jairus who had just died, and he came to the house with the parents and the disciples and said, Tabitha, arise. And this young girl sat up. There was another time when a a widow's only son, who was a young man at the time, had died. And and she would be left without someone to care for her. Jesus thought this is no good. And as the funeral procession was going along, Jesus just happened to intersect it and and thought, I've got to stop this. He put up his hand. He touched the coffin, said stop. And then he said, young man, get up. And this young man sat up out of the coffin at his own funeral and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Hallelujah. But of course, probably the most notable resurrection story of Jesus. And it was, you could say, the curtain raiser to Jesus' own death and resurrection was his resurrection of Lazarus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. He was a, a brother to Mary and Martha, also friends of Jesus. Jesus. Lazarus had fallen sick. So Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus who happened to be far away in another town. And he said that he's sick, come and and pray for him, raise him up. But Jesus deliberately stayed where he was and let Lazarus die. And Jesus said to his disciples, guys, Lazarus has fallen asleep. And the disciples said, oh, that's good. You know, if Lazarus has a, has a good sleep, he'll, he'll get better from that illness. And Jesus said, oh, no, not that, kind of, not that kind of sleep. Lazarus has died. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to raise him up. What a funny thing for Jesus to say. He was glad his good mate Lazarus died. Because then he went on to say, Because now you are going to have an opportunity to see me glorified. So they went to that place. When they got there, Lazarus had been dead and buried in the tomb four days. Mary and Martha both said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. And Jesus said to both of them, if only you believe, I am the resurrection and the life." He goes on in John eleven twenty five 25 to 26 to say, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Wow, what an amazing scripture. So Jesus said, Take me to where you have laid him. They took Jesus to the tomb of Lazarus. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. And of course they said, but Lord, he stinketh. That's the King James translation. The only thing they thought was going to come out of that grave that day was a bad smell. But of course we know Jesus stood there and shouted, Lazarus, come forth. And you know why He said, Lazarus, come forth, don't you? Because if Jesus had just said, come forth, every dead body in that cemetery would have jumped up out of their graves and come out that day, amen? But Lazarus was raised from the dead. You know, sometimes, like Mary and Martha, we might feel like God has forgotten us. We might feel like God has not heard our prayers. We might feel like it's too late. But it's never too late for Jesus. And I want to encourage you, today is your day. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And today, many of you are going to experience the resurrection power of God. It may be a resurrection work in your body. It may be a resurrection work in a relationship. It may be a resurrection work in a dream. God is going to release His resurrection power in this house today. Can you say amen to that? You know, God's resurrection power can raise us up in one of the three following ways. There are others, but I'm gonna talk on these three today. Number one, resurrection power raises us above the power of sin. Raises us above the power of sin. You know, the Bible teaches us because of the fall of Adam, mankind has been corrupted by sin. Sin has come like a, a virus into the human race that affects every single person. It's just like a computer getting a virus. We were all created for good purposes, but if you've got a computer with a virus, how many people know it's not good? You can have all sorts of worries with that computer. It does all sorts of malicious things. Similarly, you could liken it to a bowling ball that has a bias on the side. And if you try to bowl that bowling ball, the bias causes it to roll off. And we, though we try our best to go in a straight line because of the bias of sin that's within every person, it causes us to go off and miss the mark. Romans 6.20 says, We were slaves to sin and powerless against it. But Ephesians chapter two verse four to seven says this: But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. Wow, that is awesome. You know, for centuries, men have been trying to make their own way to heaven. They have been trying religion. They have been trying knowledge. They have been trying good works. But it's all like trying to build towers from the earth to somehow reach the sun. But every time they put one block upon another, it's undermined by sin. And no matter how hard someone would try to reach or to please God in their own efforts, they would fail. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't earn God's favor. It's vanity for us to even try. The Bible says that even our most righteous works are like filthy rags in the sight of God. Now we might think, That sounds a little bit weird. Aren't we supposed to be righteous? Isn't it all about doing good and doing our best to try to somehow get there? Our good works weighing up with our bad works kind of thing. Let me explain to you, as you heard earlier, I hail from New Zealand. I was born there at a very young age, in fact. (laughs) I lived in New Zealand for 25 years and... Since then, I have been back to New Zealand probably 50-plus times in ministry uh, and with my wife several times in recent years, which has been wonderful. But, you know, if you go to New Zealand, you discover something. It's a, it's a land of currently about 5 million-plus people. But in New Zealand, when I was growing up, there was about 3 million people, but there were 60 million sheep. There was 20 sheep per person in New Zealand when I was a kid. Not quite that many today, but there's still quite a lot of them. Don't, don't be surprised if one day you don't hear New Zealand has been taken over by the sheep. <laughs> but, you know, all over New Zealand, you've got the beautiful green grassy hills. And all over those green grassy hills, you have got sheep, little white spots everywhere in the sunshine. It's amazing. Just speckles all over those hills. But an amazing thing happens in New Zealand from time to time. A phenomenon happens. And something shifts because those sheep that are on the grass in the sunshine all think they're nice white fluffy animals. And we think they're nice white fluffy animals too, don't we? Little fluffy balls on the hillside. One sheep's chewing away on the grass, looks at the other sheep. Oh, you look nice and white and fluffy today. And Ooh, I'm nice and white and fluffy today. And they keep eating the grass. But see... This phenomenon happens in New Zealand from time to time, parts of the country, wintertime, it snows. And when it snows, you know what happens? The sheep change colour. Well, they don't really change colour, but it looks like they change colour. Because those sheep that would look nice and white and fluffy up against the green grass and the sunshine, now up against the pure white snow are shown to be the colour that they really are. And they filthy. <laughs> Filthy, grotty, dirty animals. The Bible says all men like sheep have gone astray. In New Zealand, we say all men like sheep have gone to Australia. But the reality is we have this tendency to compare ourselves with one another. And people think by doing the good works, you know, it's going to get you there. And if you've done too many bad works, well, tough luck for you. But it's not all about our own merits. That's not what's going to get us into heaven. It's what He has done for us on the cross. That's what matters. The Bible in Ephesians chapter 2 goes on to say in verse 8, God save you by His grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so that none of us can boast about it. See, we're all in the same boat. We're all at the same place. When we come to Jesus, no matter how good or bad you think you've been, we all need a Savior. And when we believe in Jesus, and we receive Him as our Lord and Savior, the Bible tells us we are born again. Our spirit comes alive to God. Though our old carnal nature is powerless against sin, when Christ by His Spirit dwells in us, we have this new spirit man that is coming alive in us, which has the capacity to resist sin. And as you know, there remains a battle between the old, carnal nature and the new, between the old man and the new man. But the battle is won as we live out of that new nature. Don't live out of the old nature. You live out of the new nature together with the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. That's awesome, eh? So you don't fall back on the way you were. You now live out of that spirit man with the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. helping you. And this is the key found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Yeah. So there is victory. Amen. He has given us resurrection power over the power of sin. The second thing is resurrection power raises us above and gives us power over all the power and works of the devil. This is good, isn't it? See, John 10.10 tells us the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 1 John 3 verse 8 tells us that Jesus came to destroy all the works of the devil. And Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by or under the power of the devil. So Jesus did a lot of good work when He was walking on this earth, amen. He, he healed the sick, He raised the dead. He, he raised people up from every form of sickness and disease. And the amazing thing is that this is a power and an authority that Jesus has transferred over to every single believer. The Bible tells us, Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus speaking, I have given you power or authority over all the power of the enemy. Over how much of the power of the enemy? Over all the power of the enemy. That's good news. So what are the works? What is the power? What is that which we have been given power over? All the power and all the works of the enemy. We've been given power over allergies. There's a lot of people suffer with allergies these days. Seems to be a lot more. I don't know if it's because they've messed with the foods genetically or whatever it is, but there's a lot of allergies going around. It's been a great joy to pray for many people to see them healed, of allergies it's preaching in one church and the youth pastor had a dairy allergy he was healed and i came back the following year his daughter said hey dad is that the guy who prayed for your dairy allergy she had a dairy allergy he said yes she said good today i'm getting healed of my dairy allergy now that's a, that's a declaration of faith right there so she came and she was prayed for i prayed for her she received her healing she got completely healed of her dairy allergy now, the next time I came back, she had a, a friend, another little girl, who I think was about 12 at the time, who had suffered more than just a dairy allergy. She had allergies to just about everything, and she was on, uh, she had medication. She'd been in hospital many times, and a sad case, but I prayed for her. She was healed. And I saw that girl about two years later glowing, and all she wanted to do was lay hands on the sick and pray for them. Amen. She caught it. She got it in here. I love that. That's amazing. You know, I could go on. The list goes on and on. Arthritis. I see so many people healed of arthritis, anxiety, Alzheimer's. i got a really good story about Alzheimer's, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, broken hearts, broken lives, broken bodies, bad backs. I can tell you so many stories of backs being healed. Sometimes just whole strings of people coming out with bad backs and bang, 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 bang. God healing and it's just awesome. Blind eyes, we've seen blind eyes healed in Africa. We saw a lady who had a, a thing she used to wear around her neck, it was a card that certified her blind so she could beg and she was instantly healed. 20 2020 vision, how good is that? Amen. I've prayed for many who I've seen their, their sight restored as I've been praying for them, it's just so wonderful. Brain damage. Crohn's disease, another one of these allergy things. Uh, you know, there's celiacs and, and and gluten intolerance. I've seen people heal to these things. Crohn's disease. Uh, that's a pretty shocking one. It gives you lots of pain and you can't eat lots of different food. We had one lady in our team in Africa from New Zealand who had Crohn's disease her whole life. She was on medications up to six times a day. She couldn't eat a whole lot of food. And uh, so I'm praying because I pray over the whole crowd there. It's just like a massive crowd of people and... We have a roped off area at the front. And she's down there with all the pastors stretching their hands out over the crowd. And I shout out, among other diseases that God is healing, I shout out Crohn's disease. And she turned around and looked at me. And and she had this beaming smile on her face. And I looked at her as like, that's right, you've got Crohn's disease. And she was instantly totally healed of Crohn's disease, went off her medications, was eating all these foods that she couldn't normally eat, went back to New Zealand, went to her doctor. Her doctor examined her, said we cannot find a trace of Crohn's disease in your body. Hallelujah. I could go on. Diabetes, deaf ears, depression, hepatitis, heart disease, mental disorders, multiple sclerosis, osteoporosis, paralysis. These are just the ones that we've seen. I mean, I'm talking paralysis i prayed for a man in the philippines who had had a stroke and and he, he his you know his side was paralyzed and everything and so i said lift up your arm and he just lifted his arm up and he started waving and he's getting all excited and i said what had happened to you he said i had a stroke just a couple of months earlier we were in the in brazil similar thing the, it was interesting over in brazil because they have a bit of an issue with women in ministry And so Fee's there praying for people with me at the end of the meeting, and she's got an interpreter who has a little bit of a struggle that he's actually interpreting a woman in ministry until she prays for a man with a paralyzed arm, and his arm is healed right in front of them. That was a slap in the face for that interpreter, but it was a great blessing for that man as well. Hallelujah. we got a powerful, powerful God. Amen. He's a healing Savior. Amen. And his resurrection power dwells in us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 to 21. You can almost feel Paul's frustration as he's trying to grab the church and shake the church and say, can you get this? He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible, exceeding, immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Woo! So where is Christ right now? He is seated in heavenly realms at the right hand of the Father, far above and with power over all the works of the enemy. And where are we? I just read it a moment ago. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places with power above and far above all the works of the devil. We do not need to be intimidated by the works of the devil. We have been given authority and power over them. We can look down at them like naughty little kids and deal with them like that. Amen. Because when we realize the power that we have, we can utilize it to do what Jesus did. That's why Jesus said to us in John chapter 14, verse 12, Anyone who has faith in me, the works that I do, shall you do also because I go to the Father. What happened when He went to the Father? He sent the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Him from the dead, He sent to dwell in you. That same Spirit by which He did His miraculous power and works, He's put that Spirit in you. Amen? Awesome. Matthew 10, 7-8. Jesus said, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those, hang on, let me just rewind a little bit because that kind of just went. V-. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Now, praying for the sick for many Christians is off their radar, let alone raising the dead. But the reality is many People have been raised from the dead throughout history. In fact, you could go online. Jeff Dolls on faithlog.com listed 26 different historical records of people being raised from the dead, including one of my favorites, Smith Wigglesworth, the 14 people that he raised from the dead, which he didn't always do nicely. You know what he did, eh? throwing bodies against the wall and things like that. And then you've got uh, David Hogan who's a modern-day apostle of faith, who's in their ministry have seen over 300 people raised from the dead. In fact, in their ministry, you cannot become a pastor in their network of churches unless you have personally raised more than two people from the dead. It kind of shifts the bar a little bit, doesn't it? (laughs) 2nd of December 2001, Reinhard Bonnke was opening a church, In a Nietzsche, Nigeria, 12,000 seat auditorium. And a woman by the name of Nanika Ikotruku brought her husband, who was a pastor, Pastor Daniel, she brought him to the meeting. The only problem was Pastor Daniel had been killed in a car accident three days earlier. He had spent two nights in the morgue. He had been partially embalmed. He wasn't just dead, he was dead, embalmed, stiff, cold, dead and she brought him to the meeting. Now, they didn't let her bring him into the main auditorium. As you could imagine, that would cause quite a stir. It even caused a stir, her trying to bring him through the main gate into the compound. Apparently, she was beaten by the guards, but she persisted. It's just things that happen in Africa. She, she brought him down and put him in the basement of the church where some people gathered around with faith, and stood with her as she prayed, something amazing happened. This cold, dead, stiff corpse began to breathe. They were so shocked. They were so amazed that they actually started to rub his body in order to warm him up so the blood would begin to flow. And then he sat up. After three days dead, partially embalmed, he sat up, began to speak. No brain damage. Back to normal. Incredible, hey? Amazing, amazing. And the incredible thing was in 2017, I was invited by evangelist Reinhart Bonkey to his Farewell Crusade in Lagos, Nigeria. Incredible honor to be there and and be part of that event. And uh, going in the bus from our hotel to the crusade field was Pastor Daniel. So I got to go for a ride in the bus with Pastor Daniel, a man who had been dead three days and raised from the dead. Praise God, eh? His resurrection power gives us power over all the works of the devil. And finally, his resurrection power will raise us up bodily at the resurrection of Christ. Not only did the earth shake when the angel came and hit the earth and rolled away that stone or flung away that stone, but at the very moment that Jesus died on the cross, the earth shook, the rock split. And at that very, very moment, tombs were opened. And when Jesus rose from the dead, so did some of the holy people. I mean, That would have been pretty amazing. Literally, they rose from the dead, and they went walking around the city, talking to people. Who were they? I don't know who they were. Maybe it was some of the patriarchs, some of the kings. Might have been some of the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Maybe John the Baptist. They knew who they were because they recognized them or something. Pretty amazing. That was the, the first resurrection. But there's another resurrection coming. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17 says, For the Lord Himself will come from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive, who's bagging that? Yeah. Me. And remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. What an amazing, blessed day that will be. That is our blessed hope. I believe that day is coming soon. Does anyone else agree with me? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52 says this, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash. It's better than waiting for someone to get dressed, isn't it? Sometimes you've got to wait a while. Uh, it's usually me that my wife's waiting for more than I'm waiting for her. But, but we will be changed in a flash, not just our clothes, our physical bodies, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed in a flash. That which is perishable will be changed to that which is imperishable. Our mortal bodies will become immortal. Immortal. No more gravity (laughs) having its effect upon us. No longer will we have furniture disease. No longer will our chests fall into our drawers. No more wrinkles. Who's looking forward to those days? No more wrinkles. No more gray here or graying here. Too late, Ross. Uh, And also our ears and our noses will stop growing. Did you know your whole life, your ears and your nose keep growing? <laughs> but anyway, they'll stop. <laughs> Hallelujah. What an awesome God we have. Amen. Who's looking forward to your new, fully appointed GT body, you know, that flies through the air, walks through the walls and all those sort of things. It's going to be amazing. That's awesome. Maybe if I could have the musicians come, that'd be incredible. You know, there is no better way to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ than to take him by the hand and allow himself to raise us up amen he wants to do that today whatever's been weighing you down whatever your burden is whether it's the burden of sin or of sickness or of sorrow or some kind of stressful circumstances he can raise you up today and he wants to do that and in a moment we're going to pray and uh, we're going to see God move in resurrection power in this house. Amen. But the first and primary reason why Jesus died and rose from the dead was to restore us into relationship with the Heavenly Father. And, uh, you know, the Bible makes it very clear that our sin has separated us from God and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. We can't raise ourselves up no matter how hard we try. We can't do what it takes to get into heaven. But we can receive a free gift that God offers to us. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want to give you an opportunity this morning and uh, perhaps the first thing that we could do, if we please don't move from the building. I know sometimes we we get the temptation. As soon as we get to stand, we want to run out the door. But just, just if you could stand where you are, just stay still for a moment and just respect this moment. Because we're going to pray. If you believe, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That word used there is the word sozo, which talks about being healed, restored to health, being made whole. There's a whole gamut of stuff that's available to us because of His resurrection power. Amen. But I want to just pause for a moment and give you first an opportunity. If you want to respond to His amazing grace and receive a free gift of salvation today. You may be living under condemnation condemnation. You maybe feel like there's a stone holding you in the grave of sin. I want to tell you that stone has been rolled away and Jesus is calling you out of the grave. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.